2: all right and welcome back to another edition of winning ponies as that guy just told you i'm john Engelhart. happy to have you with us and happy to have our two guests two uh, outstanding handicappers and overall two great individuals uh, from new york to help us ferret out the big races from belmont park none other than the big a anthony stabile will be with us and uh so happy to have him on this uh, this week that we've got so many Breeders' Cup preps. So he's going to help us uh, with the races on the East Coast. And there's a fl- slew of good ones. And then going out west, we're going to go to Las Vegas and go to Ralph Sirocco. That's right. You can hear Ralph every morning if you want to uh, over, over there on Race Day Las Vegas, K-S-H-A-M. In Las Vegas, he covers races, I believe, at least six days a week. He stays pretty busy. Right now, he's soaking in a hot tub. I got a text from him. So, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, he won't be a raisin by the time we get to him at the bottom of the hour. Now, you tell me about these Breeders' Cup races. Well, horses that win these, of course, will be win and you're in, which means all expenses paid trip to delmar for this year's breeders cup what races say you john well it starts on friday out at delmar with the uh uh, american pharaoh stakes that's interesting one then you got the chandelier those are for the babies then you've got the speakeasy um that's also a, a a breeder's cup race and then now again those are friday Then on Saturday, uh, out at the uh, Santa Anita, uh, awesome again, uh, the Rodeo Drive and the Santa Anita Sprint Championship uh, are all Breeders' Cup races, and then on Sunday, the Frazette uh, back in uh, New York at Belmont Park. And don't go to sleep because the Zenyatta Stakes out at Santa Anita, also a Breeders' Cup race. So you've got a lot of them. What does that mean? Well, that means, John, I don't know what to do. I need some help. Well, come on over to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. Another very healthy win at the cashier's window. Here's four different tracks for you. at Gulfstream Park uh, just uh, four days ago. $1 Super 5 paid $2,220. Then over at Laurel, the day before, $1 Super, we keyed it, and it paid $2,389. How about we go to Belmont, where we'll be going just a few days ago. A 50-cent pick 5 paid $2,732. And let's not leave out beautiful Delaware Park, where we hit a 50-cent pick 5 for 2000 653 you can come over to winningponies.com just before you pull down your easy win forms and we post all of the results up there for you to see that if we're lying we're dying all right so don't forget action everywhere and those were just the breeders cup race races those are not all of the graded stakes races so we're going to see a lot of things percolating here. Keeneland's going to be opening up next week. Hopefully, I'm going to get somebody on because a lot of interesting things happen at Keeneland. They they keep coming up with new things, and quite frankly, they could hit you with a frying pan when you came in, and you'd come back the next day. Nonetheless, Keeneland keeps moving forward. Now, one thing that's going to be new this year is a two-day Breeders' Cup Challenge pick six. Now, this is going to debut uh, this weekend. So it incorporates the Breeders' Cup winning your in races at Belmont and Santa Anita. And it's going to be held Saturday and Sunday. And then the following week, very similar bet with the races at Belmont and Keeneland. So the, the Breeders' Cup Challenge pick six, have a $1 minimum, only a 15% takeout and a mandatory payout both Sundays. Uh, the weekend's races are scheduled include the Champagne at Belmont, the Awesome Again Rodeo Drive and Santa Anita Sprint Championship. Now those are all Saturday and those last races I I talked about uh, will be at Santa Anita. Uh, And then uh, it's going to go all the way over into Sunday to keep your eyes glued to the screen uh, the Frisette at Belmont and the Zenyatta at Santa Anita. So they are on Sunday. That is your new two-day Breeders' Cup pick six. I hope the pools get big. Well, the Bears are going to be at the Arlington. It's looking like Churchill Downs agreed to sell Arlington to the 326-acre uh, property. And it looks like the Chicago Bears may be heading out there. It's not expected the transaction will close uh, until they got some legislative uh a rough, ruck, roll, but uh, it, it's going to happen, is what they're saying. So uh, they say that the 1.97 point. 2 million. Of course, uh, the Bears were owned by a family, the McClaskey family. And you all know they play at Historic Soldier Field. And Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is stamping her feet saying, you can't leave. You're part of the Chicago landmarks. And they're saying, well, it's kind of like our money and we're going to go where we want to go. That's the way this guy reads it, I'm sure I could say it much more technical terms, uh, but don't forget to go wind the clock back. Uh, Churchill got the track in 2000, um, it was an all stock merger, and it was valued then at 72 million, so they didn't do uh, too bad. And uh, in the past five years, uh, they've had private buybacks of shares held by the Dushiswa family, totaling nearly 500 million. Of course, the Duchess Waz aren't out of it. They own a small piece. They still own 2 million shares of the company. They're going to be okay for a while. All right, late breaking news. My man. Brian Hernandez Jr. became the 12th jockey to win 700 races at Churchill Downs in the third race this afternoon. As you folks know, uh, Brian has been a frequent guest on these airwaves with uh, many of the accomplishments he's had, including winning the Breeders' Cup Classic aboard Fort Larned. Now, uh, Rewinding him, he won the Eclipse Award back in 2004 as the nation's champion apprentice jockey. So uh, he joins a pretty exclusive club there. Pat Day, Calvin Borrell Robbie Alvarado, Corey Lannery, Julian Le Paru, Don Brumfield, Larry Melanson, Jim McKnight, Charlie Woods Jr., Shane Sellers, and Sean Bridgemahan. Uh, and now... Brian has worked his way into number 12. Okay, you want to buy a horse? We got a horse for you. Multiple grade one winner, She Shares the Devil, will be selling at Fasig Tipton in November. Uh, So multiple grade one winner. Don't forget, she won a nice little race by the name of the Kentucky Oaks, and she will be offered this fall. Uh, again, that's November and that's like the night of stars. Uh, there's so many great horses that are currently in training and, uh, will be either broodmare prospects or will continue on their winning ways. And, um, So uh, three-time grade one winner, seven-time graded stakes winner. She's already won over $2.2 million. Hard to find those anyplace. Well, another great uh, female of our era, Monomoy Girl, as we said last week, she has been retired. She's at Spendthrift Farm. No big surprise here. She's going to be bred to into mischief. It will be very interesting to see if they race or sell. What a combination. Two champions. Now speaking into mischief, uh, if you want to breed to them, no problem there, but they're upping the price by 25 G's. You can get to into mischief right now for a mere quarter of a million dollars. All right, we'll see if we can get back to. Any other um, news, depending on our time allotment uh, this evening. But nonetheless, uh, let's look at some of the races we handicapped last week with Railbird Bob Roberts. And, uh, of course, we went to parks. We'll start at the top with the Pennsylvania Derby. And it was Hot Rod Charlie getting the job done. Flabby and Pratt in the saddle. Looks like, uh, chances are, he'll be one of the three-year-olds we're going to see in the Breeders' Cup Classic. In the second spot, Midnight Bourbon. He's good, but just not good enough to uh, to tackle Hot Rod Charlie. So uh, uh, he, he got the... The second spot and the third spot was that young upstart American revolution from the Pletcher barn. So you might want to keep an eye on that one. Okay. Uh, at the cotillion was run for the three-year-old Phillies and it was Clary air. One of the horses that Bob Roberts liked getting the job done for trainer Steve Asmussen in the second spot. It was obligatory. Bob's top pick And in the third spot, it was Army Wife. As a matter of fact, that was a Railbird trifecta. Clariere, she's been dancing with the best all season long. Uh, Her one win, though, was in the grade two, Rachel Alexander at the fairgrounds. All right. The mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fastest of them all? No doubt about it. It is Jackie's Warrior who Went wire to wire, eventually pulled away by six, and paid a whopping $2.10. And the second spot was Picking Time. And the third down along the rail, Real Talk, Jackie's Warrior. We will see you at the Breeders' Cup. She's phenomenal. 11 lifetime starts now. Eight wins, a second and a third. One and a half million dollars in the bank. Okay, on to... The Turf Monster. Caravelle, well, she gave it her best, but her best was not good enough to take on Admiral. I'm sorry, he was second. To take on Hollywood talent. Of course, everybody had a ticket on Hollywood talent, right? Nah, baby, nah. Hollywood talent just surged at the end. I'm sure everyone was going, Who's that? Horse has only won one race in the last two seasons. Well, Hollywood talent, written by the talented Ricardo Santana Jr., got the job done paying $219.20. So uh, <laughs> if you ever want to play a long shot, don't be too shy about it. That's a nice return right there. Um so uh, she got the job done. Second was beer can, man. A lot of people like that horse. Uh, bet down to four to one. And then it was a- Admiral Abe was in the third spot there. Wow. two nineteen twenty, Not too shoddy. Well, we're going to take a uh, little bit of a break. And when we come back, we are going to uh, head to the East Coast with the big A. That's right. Anthony Stabile. He's going to be taking care of the West Coast. Coast, the east coast forest and on the west coast none other than ralph Soraco. great week uh, breeders cup preps make sure you check them out thanks for listening to winning ponies we'll be right back with the big a
1: The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: And they're off!
1: What? Can't make it to the track? All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion
0: counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with BUSR you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host John Inglehart, racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning ponies with John Inglehart.
2: All right, and uh, with me now, uh, fresh off his uh, uh, vacation and when he makes trips up the Hudson River, to uh saratoga but he's back where he was born at, at a racetrack in new york and we're going to ask him to help us take a look at belmont park anthony how have you been and what have you been up to
3: my friend uh, uh came up covet positive the end of august and no, no symptoms. Everything was fine. Yeah, missed some time on uh missed some time on talking horses. The last couple of weeks of Saratoga. Came home quarantined. Everything's good though. Now um, we're in the midst out of my favorite meet, the Fall Championship Meet, over at beautiful Belmont Park. My favorite time of year. Looking forward to Saturday. Big Super Saturday card some winning your ins, we get to see the young uh, the young horses on display, both turf and dirt, a lot of breeders' cup implications, whether they're winning your in races or not. Just looking forward to a fantastic weekend over at uh, over at Big Sandy and on those two beautiful turf courses. The weather couldn't be better here in New York. Straight run of just beautiful fall weather. Um it was actually a little chilly on the set today. Andy and I were Andy Serling and I were complaining a little bit when the show was <laughs> over. My hands were a little cold, so October tomorrow, Super Saturday's here, uh, and can't wait to get to get over to, to beautiful Nolan Park on Saturday.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be something. I'm so glad to hear that the weather's going to be crisp, you know. That's fantastic yeah. for everybody. We don't have to alter our, our handicapping. But anyhow, some of the guys that have been, you know, keeping their horses back in their stalls, they got to finally say, hey, uh, team, you got to get out there, and uh, it, it, it's time for practice. And yeah, uh, it, it's practice is over. It's time for the game, and so uh, you know this is the week we're we're going to see it. So let's start with a, a excellent example of that, and that would be none other than the champagne. And I'm sure a lot of people will be thinking that trainer Todd Pletcher might be popping a champagne cork after the baby races at Belmont Park. Uh, He's hedging his bet pretty good here, Anthony, with uh, none other than three starters in in this historic race. I mean, the champagne, I know uh, it started back in 1867. So just imagine some of the racing greats, uh, you know, horses like Buck Passer uh, that have gone on. As a matter of fact, uh, Secretariat won, finished first in this race, but got DQ'd and stopped the music, got moved up. But I digress. I could read a history book about the Champagne all day. But it is a historic race uh, in the schedule of races in New York. Um, You've had a chance to see these horses run and- uh, while while there's going to be upside up upsiders in here, the the, the race I, I find so interesting was uh, the hopeful stakes where we're seeing both wit and Gunite uh, horses that have be getting a lot of talk about uh, the, their upside. But watching that race, um, the, the the bad stumble at the start obviously a compromised wit, but did it
3: cost him the race? I don't know if it cost him the race, John, but this was something that Andy and I and, and, and a lot of folks have talked about. Wits had these issues at the gate, and you can get away with it in a maiden race when you're as, as good as wit is. And listen, which the goods right now. He's a practical joke, so I think at some point the distance question is going to come into play a little more strongly than some of these other two-year-olds. Practical joke himself was hickory around one turn, you know, maybe his best effort was a fifth place finish in the Kentucky Derby because he wanted to go a mile and a quarter about as much as I want to go a mile and a quarter. So, um, I, you know, but this one turn mile and Practical Joke beat Syndergaard in this race back in 2016. So his style won this champagne in a thrilling stretch battle. It's funny. Practical Joke stumbled at the start that day, too. Um, Todd's got three in here. He's got wit. He's got impressive uh, debut winner, my prankster, who's by intermischief who just can't do anything wrong right now. And then right. he's got command performance on the outside, same ownership group for the most part as wit, uh, a maiden. That's not something Todd does too often. Um, we saw good magic as a maiden win, uh, win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, a few years back. He was second in this race to forensic fire that year. It's It's an interesting race. At some point, those gate rows were going to catch up to wit. It happened last time. Listen, the way gunite ran. he went forty four and changed dual on the front end and just kept on going. I don't know if anybody was going to beat Dunite that day. But now they're going to go the mile. Um, you know, he gunites by gunrunner, so more distance. Those blinkers really have seemed to sharpen him up. He's still got to get faster than some of his rivals in here. You know, my prankster was very impressive first time out. We haven't even touched on Jack Christopher. And Jack Christopher was one of these horses where we saw Chad Brown debut a lot of high priced two year olds, a lot of horses with much flashier pedigrees up in Saratoga. I don't know if Chad Brown had a more impressive. Winner period than Jack Christopher on debut. I mean, he did everything the right way. Uh, you know, I don't want to say it was Uncle Mo esque, but you break one ten in your debut at Saratoga going three quarters of a mile, and you know you're going to turn some heads and open some eyes. A big ninety-two buyer speed figure. This is a fantastic renewal of the Champagne. It's quantity. It's the quality over quantity argument. I'd rather have these four. You know, and no offense to, to Kavad and, and, and really command performance, but you have Witt, you have Mike Prankster, you have Jack Christopher, you have the hopeful winner in Gunnight, and you really have all the horses you want coming out of the Saratoga two-year-old races. Yeah. Ah,
4: well. Are you the concert?
3: New I York City, my friends. That. This is New York City. Uh, this is live, uh, this is in-game action in New York City, my friend. <laughs>
2: I love it. I love it. As long as you're safe, Anthony, uh, that's all that matters. But i tell you what, I'm going to throw out my history books. Uh, you've really done your job on uh, the, the homework of uh, the last decade or so, of the champagne. My, my One of my off
3: favorite the- races of the year. My, you know, I'm a Naira I listen, and this isn't, a, this isn't a paycheck talking. I've been a Naira kid my whole life. Uh, you know, so these races, the Met Mile, the Champagne, my favorite race is the Belmont Stakes. You know, this Champagne, before the Breeders' Cup, this was the race you wanted to win. It's still a race you want to win, obviously, but this was the race. This was the, you know, a lot of division titles
4: prior to the
3: Breeders' Cup. A lot of championships were won in this Champagne. Um, And it's just a race with a storied history. Uh you know, it's had a lot of really, really, really good horses win it. And I'll tell you what, I think there's a chance for another really good horse to win this. I, I like what I've seen. My you know, my pranks are in Jack Christopher's debut, like we said. Gun Knight was impressive. He looks like he's like he's gun runners. I mean, has anybody been more impressive than gun runner I, this wow. has just been unbelievable for a freshman sire. And you know, two grade one winners, two grade two winners, I believe, at last check, so yeah. It's a fantastic race. I'm really, really, it's probably the race. Uh, it's funny. You let off of this. It's probably the race I'm looking most forward to this weekend.
2: Well, that's, I figured there'd be a lot to talk about because of those four horses that the cream's going to rise to the top. That's going to be the eighth race at Belmont. Don't do anything about 4:40, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see one of the best races of the season that who knows, maybe marking a champion. Well, uh, how about uh, let's go to the inner turf. You gave us that weather report, Anthony, uh, about the it looks like the the grass will be uh, green for these early days at Belmont. The inner turf, 6 furlongs, and I'll be honest with you as a handicapper, this one is a challenge.
3: Yeah, it looks like Pierre Bianchi's going to come out and and head over to Indiana, her native Indiana, the by by year's end, she could be the winningest Indiana the filly filly and mayor of all time as far as money goes. I got to tell you, this Belmont, this Belmont Turf Sprint Invitational, this is a head scratcher. Um, you got a lot of horses in here that are looking for their you know comeuppance, if you will, looking for their first uh, stakes win, looking to make a little bit of a name for themselves. I don't know how, what kind of readership implications this is going to have. Though. That five eighths race at Del Mar is a Real pain in the neck, man. Real pain in the neck for me to handicap. Um, I thought the horse that was the most interesting in here was Gildsman. I don't know if he's the most likely winner, but he was really interesting to me. The race off the claim for Robbie Falcone was one of the top up-and-coming young trainers here on the circuit. I thought that was a big race for him, and now he's going to get the extra half of furlong, go in the six furlongs. Um, you know there should be enough pace in here for him to 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 come running. Um, and you know I don't know if he has to be that far off it. They went forty four and some change up at Saratoga. He was only four or five lengths off the lead. Um, you know I, I, it, it's almost like if they if they bunch, it might play into his hand a little bit. It's an interesting race. I think three or four of these horses can win. Um, I, I'm assuming Paul Say will go favorite, but I think I'm going to be priced into Ben and Giltron. It's a rich, it's, a, it's a, four or five of them could win, though.
2: Yeah, like I said, it, it's a handicapping, uh, uh challenge. But uh, yeah, Gildsman, boy, you're gonna—I I don't have the odds in front of me. You got—I think you got to get some odds in there, Anthony, because most people are going to look down there. The horse was claimed to back uh, five starts uh, this year, and the best it could manage was a third. And you're liking this horse.
3: This is interesting. Yeah, I think this horse is going to—I think this going to run a big race on Saturday. I really do.
2: Well- I don't know about you folks at home, but I am marking my program with a big A on it right now, for sure. All right. Well, uh, that's why we bring them in. This guy watches them all and gives us his insight. And uh, how about, you know, we were talking about historic races, uh, the Woodward. Now, you go back and and you read anything on, on racing and, you know, names like Kelso won this race three times Forgo won this race four times slew a gold twice. I mean, these, these are racing lectures. Books have been written about those horses, so it's pretty yep. prestigious. But what I found interesting was they actually, for what, about 15 years moved this horse up to this race up to
3: Saratoga. Well, yeah, which it's funny for, uh, probably wasn't that long, but we, we did have it at Saratoga for a while. um, Of course, the most famous renewal in Saratoga was Rachel raising the rafters when she uh, held on against Macho again, in that thrilling renewal of the Woodward, her last race of the year, capped the 8-for-8 campaign and the Horse of the Year campaign back in 2009. In the 2004 renewal, John, I did something for the very last time, one of the oldest racetrack traditions. I watched it on top of a bench on the first floor outside of the Belmont Cafe, Ghost Zapper and St. liam they go on to win the next two Breeders' Cup Classics. They put on a show for about seven-sixteenths of a mile. They were never more than a half-length apart. One of the best horse races I've ever seen live in my life. Ghost Zapper is one of my favorite and one of the best horses I've ever seen. Never forget that renewal of the Woodward, but you talk about the spectacular big walkover. You talk about all of the great horses. Sagar you know, won this race. You talk about all of the great horses. You mentioned a bunch. Um, I'm happy to see it back at Belmont Park. I'm happy to see it back at a mile and an eighth. Um, would have liked to have drawn a little bit of a stronger field, I think. Uh, most people would have. But I'll tell you what, I think this is a nice bunch of horses in here. You got you got horses with uh, some questions to answer, like Dr. Postman. I don't know what happened to him in the Pacific Classic last time, uh, Art collectors a perfect two-for-two two, since being transferred to the Hall of Famer, Bill Mott. you got Code of Honor coming off a win. You know, I, I forgot Code of Honor was still in training until I saw his <laughs> I name know. in the Island <laughs> Entries. And for the <laughs> uh, you know, maybe the mile and a quarter was a bit out of his scope last time. He gets back to a place where he's done a lot of good work, and that's Belmont Park over at Big Sandy to one turn. Um, yeah, fantastic renewal. <sighs> and then you have Maxfield. Maxfield's going to be the favorite. And I don't get this move. I am, Brendan Walsh is having a really good run the last couple of months. I don't get This horse has done very, very little wrong in his career, if anything. I think the mile and a quarter of the big cap was out of his scope a little bit. I think last time he ran into the best handicap horse in training in Nick's go, got loose on a, a quick lead and just kept on going. Blinker's on. This horse has done nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing wrong in his career. He's won his other seven starts. I hate betting horses like this. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Can he win? He Can absolutely win. You're playing pick four, pick five. You're playing that two-day breeders cup pick six. Yeah, you, you know. You want to bet? You want to take this horse at six to five? I don't want to take this horse at six to five. I don't want. To, I don't want this horse at six to five. Um, I'm very curious to see what Bill Mott does in here. Because the truth of the matter is, he's got the two fastest horses in the race early. He's got Forza and he's got R-Collector. And I would imagine Our collector is going to be the one that's going to assume the lead and the one that's more comfortable on the lead. Um, he's run his two best races for Belmont since taking over the training. And I would imagine he's going to be the controlling speed. I think that gives him a little bit of an edge in here. I'm a Forza D'Oro fan. I don't know if his class got exposed a little bit last time behind Max Player and Happy Saver. I'll tell you what, I think he's going to be better with a target. I think Art Collector is better, better on the lead. I think Forza D'Oro is better with a target. I think Code of Honor is interesting. Again, you know, forget about Mogatcha. Dr. Post is a little bit of a reach. But four of the six can absolutely win this race. Gun to my head, I'm picking on. You know, I still, got, uh, I still got 12 hours to finalize the picks. <laughs> If you told me the race was being run in 10 minutes and our collector was 3-1 to one on the board, I'd probably be betting and picking him.
2: Uh, we're talking with the big A, Anthony Stabile. You, you see him with a lot of different things connected with Naira. So uh, you, 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 you talked about being on this set with Andy. A lot of people, would, if they ever met you in a bar, they'd probably come up and say, what's that
3: like, Anthony? It's fantastic. I, you know, everybody... Uh, I think everybody has the, the wrong – a lot of people have the wrong opinion of Andy, Andy's one of the nicest guys in the world. Andy's a horse player. Andy's a, a, a gambler and a horse player. He has an opinion. And sometimes the way he expresses his opinion rubs people the wrong way. But you know what? That show is all about horse play. And we sit up on that set, and we do what Andy and I have done – since I know him I'm on the first floor at Aqueduct when I was 13 years old, we break each other cho- we break each other's shops and talk about horses. So that's what the show about. It's it's great. He's one of my closest friends. Um, I he, I'm one of the lucky people that looks forward to going to work every day. You know, when you spend as much time as we do together, you know, you think we got about 220 racing days in New York. I, I can't imagine Andy and I aren't on 180 of them together. Uh, that's half the year. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> a blast and a privilege.
2: Well, I'll tell you, Anthony, again, I love listening to you now. So that's something. So before you guys were ever who you are now, you knew each other as, uh, kids that like to bet at the age of
3: 13. Well, you know, I mean, yes, I've been betting since I was five. So, um, <laughs> you know, when we say we're born, there, I was born there. um, Cordero and George Velasquez's flowers beat my dad to the hospital room when I was born, so that's a true story. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing the gambling my whole life, man. Uh, and you know, Andy and I would go at it 30 years ago without a, without uh, without thousands of people tuning in every day. So we we're, we're accustomed to this. We've been used to this for a while.
2: Uh, I love it. Well, it, it's not an easy task, that's for sure, putting yourself out there. Uh, I, I've been there. Everybody uh, uh, remembers the losses and they forget about the wins. It, it's, it's a tough go, but you do a fantastic job of it. And all of us here at, uh, at Winning Ponies greatly appreciate when you take the time out of your schedule. I'm glad that, that the cops didn't catch you earlier and that you could spend this time with us.
3: I lost 75 pounds, so I'm a little, uh, I'm a little more uh, fleet of foot nowadays.
2: Hey, go baby, go, man! We got to keep you around for decades.
3: There you go. Thanks, Sean. Have a great night.
2: All right, the big A, Anthony Stabile's working with Naira right now. Uh, always love having uh, having him on. I mean, the story about him jumping up and down on a bench outside of Belmont when he saw uh, Go Zapper and St. Liam uh, do battle in the uh, 2004 edition of the Woodward, I do believe. Um, <laughs> that is just something else. I mean, that puts the... The image and the heart and the soul of a horse player uh, into the delivery of a guest. Uh, Anthony, the big ace to be, and this isn't just a euphemism. He really pretty much was born at the racetrack. as his, his mother had a C-section on the dark day, so his dad could be at the hospital, and the next day it was back to work, and ever since the time he was in a cradle, he was smelling straw and liniment. Well, thanks again to the Big A, Anthony Stabile. Meanwhile, we're going to head on out to uh, Las Vegas, see if uh, Ralph Sirocco is uh, uh, and, and not as loose as a rubber band yet, and we'll be talking to him. He's going to be breaking down what's going on out on the West Coast for us, you're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
2: All right, and with us in the gate right now, he's no first-time starter here on Winning Ponies. He's been all over the world. He's done a little bit of everything, including calling races over on the East Coast back in his, his early days. But I do believe the name of his current racing show is Race Day Las Vegas, 1,400 in Las Vegas. And if I got that wrong, he will correct me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, fresh from his hot tub, Ralph Sirocco. Ralph, how are you drying off and how are you doing?
4: Oh, it's great out here, man. We're having a great time, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I, was, uh, I enjoyed listening to Anthony Stabile. But, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, how old I am. I remember getting all excited about watching Secretariat win the Triple Crown and, and Affirmed an Alley guard going at it, so uh, it's a great sport.
2: Uh, yeah, I not only enjoyed it, I've got photos of it that I took.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so...
2: Uh, but yeah, those are days. Now, he shared with us a moment back in 2004 when he was standing on a bench at Belmont Park, rooting on uh, the Ghostbuster uh, St. Liam uh, great matchup. Ghost uh, Zapper won that day. Ralph Sirocco, bring us back to one of your uh, earlier uh, days at the races. That uh, a race that sticks out in your mind that you were that that maybe helped infuse you with the whole spirit of that, man, I love this game, and someday I want to be in it?
4: Well, I I would say that uh, it's gone back so far that, uh, you know, there's uh, plenty of races you can remember. But the one that really got me going when I got into the broadcasting was the first year I went from the backside to the front side to do broadcasting. I was working at Hollywood Park in 1977 when uh, the undefeated Triple Crown winner Seattle Slough came out. And lost to J. O. Tobin, so that was a, that was a memory that sticks in my mind.
2: Yeah, and uh, I do believe that's the reason Billy Turner quit um, the uh, the ownership because yeah. he said, "Look, the horse just won the Triple Crown, you know. He's not Superman, you know. Let's give him a break." And they said, "Nah, he's undefeated," and that's when they got spanked by J. O. Tobin. I remember that yeah. well.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was uh, we had. Oh, I'd say eighty plus thousand of real people there, not you know, giveaway type people that spin the the turnstile ten times to get the freebie. That was actually eighty thousand plus of people there watching the race. It was great.
0: Yeah.
2: Now they because...
4: got now they got the football stadium there, you know?
2: Well <laughs> speaking of football stadiums, do you hear about what's going on up in Chicago?
4: Yeah, I heard that uh, the, the Bears bought Arlington Park and are they gonna put a football stadium there? You know, it, it, they're they're hinting to that. They don't want to show their whole poker
2: hand, but uh, pretty much, you know, it, it's a family-owned business, so they can do what they want, and I think Soldier Field's probably had its better days.
4: Wow, but that's a historic place, man, Soldier Field, that's for sure. And, by the way, it is a shame what happened to Arlington. What a state-of-the-art place, oh. and what a great racing community there in Chicago to let that thing go like that.
2: Ralph, you know, you you, you said a word in there. Say, it's not like this was some run down thing that was an embarrassment to the city or to racing you know what i mean it was still a jewel yeah did it need a little bit of polish sure but they knew they were getting rid of
4: the property but you Come know on, what mr I mean? mr duchesnay made that a, uh, a a monument to racing for goodness sakes it was a gorgeous place
2: yeah and you take gorgeous. a look at it you know yeah. uh Heck, if I was the Bears, I'd just I'd, I'd buy it, uh, have it as a, a, they can't use it for racing, have it for a training center or some kind of equestrian center for the people of Chicago to have all different kind of, uh, you know, horse-related events there. And, uh, you know, heck, you still got all those places for graduations, weddings, uh, you name it, you know, all the huge rooms they've got up there. Uh, there's a lot of things they could do with the property, but the rumors are that I've read that the uh, eventually it'll become a football field. And they got plenty of room for it.
4: Oh, they Um, sure do. But uh, progress moves on. Look, Hollywood Park is gone. The big SoFi Center uh, stadium is there. That is state-of-the-art. And by the way, here in Las Vegas, we got something called the Allegiant Stadium that houses uh, the next Super Bowl champions, the Las Vegas Raiders. But go ahead.
2: I love watching those guys, Ralph. I love it. And, of course, you have a University of Dayton graduate as your coach.
4: That's right, and and uh, I can tell you that Derek Carr uh, is coming to his own. Now I remember making a lot of money on that kid when he was quarterback for Fresno State because it was one of the last games on Saturday, and I had to get out on that game. And boy, he produced uh, many times for me, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, they're they're fun to watch, and I, I've been rooting for them. I really have, and not just because you live out there, my friend. Well, let's get the, the let's get into some races out at Santa Anita because mm-hmm. uh, you always have your thumb on what's going on there. And of course, all eyes will be turned to the Awesome Again. Uh, didn't draw a huge field, but drew the horse that finished first in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Med- Dina or Medina depends on what city you live in spirit, uh, trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, the horse came back in the listed shared belief after it's, uh, you know, triple crown attempts. And, uh, so, you know, it's not the horse's fault that he's got kind of a cloud of suspicion under him. It's just the way that the Get the betamethasone turns, but nonetheless, uh, a lot of people go, "Oh my God, the horse that you know won the Derby's in here. That's great." But let me tell you, uh, I see at least three, maybe four horses that can knock him out of this race.
4: Well, I can tell you this: the 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 Awesome Again is from top to bottom, in my opinion, any horse can win it. You got the uh, the winner of the Pacific Classic in. Uh, uh, Triple E, you got the other winner the year before, Express Train. Uh, of course, Medina Spirits. And by the way, did they give Medina Spirit the money yet?
2: No. No, it's still, it's still in litigation. <laughs> yeah,
4: right. That
2: horse yeah. must pee well, a lot, because I think this is like the eighth pee test they're testing someplace.
4: Oh, well, come on. Give me a break. Well, yeah, I mean, this this is it's so ridiculous. By the way, I think he's going to get beat. Uh, I do think he's going to get beat on uh, Saturday. Uh, you got Tiz a Magician in there. Midcourt can win this race easily. Uh, you know, you, it's top to bottom. It's it's a tough race, no doubt about it. Well, the horse I was really impressed with. I
2: really didn't know anything about him. Uh, was watching the Pacific Classic, and that was Tripoli, who everybody thought, you know, being a son of Kitten's Joy. Well, this horse wants no part of dirt. Uh, let's, you know, his career will be on the grass. And as soon as they took him off the grass, he records three consecutive. One hundred or one hundred plus buyers, including the Grade One Pacific Classic. It's kind of like cigar. They thought he was a turf horse, and you saw what happened when they moved him to the dirt. I mean, this is a Tripoli is not a name that just falls off your lips when you're talking
4: about uh, you know top horses of this season. Yeah, but you know, John Sadler's his trainer, and Sadler's had a knack of winning that Pacific Classic. As I say, he's won it several times, and all I can say about Tripoli is is uh, when I bet the Pacific Classic, I wound up betting them because in the race before that, the San Diego, they were talking so much about the first two horses battling away. They never, they never gave Triple E the credit that he was coming on at the end. And I thought to myself, "Oh, Sadler's got this horse cranked and ready to go," and uh, he could very well come back in the Awesome again. There's no doubt about it. But I wouldn't take a short price, and I wouldn't take Medina Spirit. You know, there's a there's an old saying in horse racing: we got a, a good trainer. That has more than one horse in the race go for the longest price when they're uncoupled. Well, you got Azul Coast sitting right next to Medina Spirit that's also trained by Bob Baffer, and he's 12 to 1 on the morning line, so keep that in mind.
2: Well, I got a question, Mark. Why is he even in the race? There you are. And I've been beat by Baffert doing that before, but yep. uh, as the as a setup race, uh, he, Medina Spirit's going to have some, some company because Tiz, a magician, breaking from the rail, uh, you yep. know he's going to be on the front. I think he's uh, uh, been first or second in, into the lane all but one of his last 10 races. Uh, he's got uh, natural speed, trained by Mandela. Flavian Pratt's been the rider of late. Um this horse is going to be dangerous on the front, and I think he could soften
4: up Medina Spirit or just continue to run on. Well, you know, two things. One, Mandela doesn't uh, enter a horse to get a free seat, at the, a free box seat in a sandwich. And secondly, <laughs> Flavian Pratt, I think, is probably the strongest and best instinctive rider we have in the country right now. There's no question about that. You know, he leaves Southern California after dominating there. He goes to New York and and win races there. He goes to, you know, uh, he goes everywhere and he wins races because he's an instinctive rider. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he puts Magician on uh, the lead and tries to walk the dog. But remember, the Awesome Again is a handicap races for three-year-olds and older. This will be the first time that Medina Spirit steps out of the uh, arena of just playing uh, against three-year-olds. And he's, in this race, everybody's a four-year-old except a 20-to-1 long shot called stiletto boy.
2: Yeah, and I do have that marked on my program. So, again, you know, that's a factor some people not uh, might not be putting uh, into their handicapping. So, uh, Ralph, you know, we got, uh, if, if you put a line through express trains, uh last race uh he's right there and legit and he must add some excuse i'm not sure what i know he was tight into the first turn and then of course midcourt who really has never dodged anybody during his career you know this horse is just if there's a graded stakes race on the west coast he's there
4: well there again you have that uh, old uh, dimension of uh, a jockey uh, a trainer having two horses in the race uncoupled and midcourt also trained by John Sheriffs, along with Express Train. By the way, they'll break side by side. Uh, midcourt's 12 to 1 on the morning line, and Express Train is 4 to 1. We'll leave it at that.
2: All right. We're talking with Ralph Soracco. Ralph, uh, for the uh, audience, uh, uh, give us again the, the best context for them to say, Hey, I want to hear more about this uh, Sirocco guy. Uh, how do I get him? Because, I mean, with the internet and everything, it's got to be pretty easy whether they got a, a portable radio or not.
4: Well, if you have a smartphone, either an Android or an iPhone, you can go to our, our radio station's uh, app uh, at the App Store and just punch in KSHP Radio and uh, download the app to your phone, and then you can hear us live. Uh, anywhere you're at with your cell phone. Otherwise, you can go to our websites, racedaylas dot com, dot Vegas. dot world, dot global. We got them all, and uh, we're streaming on there as well. And of course, right, podcasting. Well,
2: and that is Ralph Sirocco, ladies and gentlemen. So you can get more of them than what you can get here on Winning Ponies. Uh, let's uh, squeeze another one in. Uh, I'm sure some people going hey, let's take a look at that rodeo drive. I do believe that's rodeo drive, $300,000. and it's got this kind of at a, a, a couple distances. This one a mile and a quarter on the turf. Um, a, the downhill turf is being used again. kind of yeah. explain to our listeners what that is and how sometimes perhaps when there's a bigger field it can affect a, the, how a race filters
4: out. Well, it is in the natural terrain uh, against the uh, San Gabriel Mountain Range, where Santa Anita's at. It starts up on the hill. It comes down. It makes the only right-hand turn in North America. It's a sweeping right-hand turn. And then a big, big sweeping left-hand turn comes over the main track at Santa Anita and then links up with the infield turf course. So you come down the hill, and uh, it's considered a turf race. And for a while, they didn't use it because of the PETA pressure and all that. But they're back using it now. One of the most unique races in the country, I say one. I used to say the most unique until Kentucky Downs came along with their their course. But it certainly is a most. Uh, it's a very scenic type course, a very interesting course to ride, and it's always fun to bet and watch. Yeah, I, I didn't know
2: if it was you know good to be down on the rail or if you got to the turn so quick you'd get tightened up you know or obviously from the outside post if you had to swoop around everybody because it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of time for adjustment before you get into the straight past the
4: grandstand the first well i time. could tell you i could tell you right now uh it's it's a uh, you you can get disoriented because you come out of the starting gate and the inside horses are on the inside but then when you hit that right hand sweeping turn all of a sudden, you're like in the 12-hole, and the guy in the 12 holes on the rail. And then it, it transfers back again. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very unique uh, uh, course coming down the hill. That's why it's, uh, you need jockeys that uh, kind of know the uh, outlay of the, uh, the track. And
2: I did like the way you painted that picture of the uh, San Gabriels there. So we'll be looking for that out at Santa Anita. Well, uh, this race, uh, I had a hard time kind of zeroing in, in, in on anybody. It's an interesting cast of characters. Uh, yeah, can, can you enlighten us a little bit? I mean, uh, you, it was interesting to see some of the, uh, uh, the, the, the jockey trades here between uh, Rispoli and Pratt with their mounts because they both ridden each.
4: Yeah, I know that, but I mean, come on—you got to—you—you you can't think that I would go against a horse named Going to Vegas.
2: <laughs> oh, this got to be the play of the day for you and the radio show. <laughs> yeah, huh?
4: that's right. Uh, but but yeah. uh, of course, and of course, there's a horse called Luck. So I guess you could box those two: Going to Vegas and Luck. Well, that's the two: Rispoli and uh, Pratt. There you go. That's right. This is this is um, not a hard game, you know. <laughs>
2: really? It's I, I I have to be honest with you, I've found it pretty damn hard. But so uh so going to Vegas legit uh has uh you know a, a lot of graded stakes experience, yeah. closing in on a half a million dollar mark. Um and uh it's coming out of a press of performance with Flavian Pratt in the saddle, but uh, he uh, has uh, had uh, Graded stakes win with Rispoli, so I don't think the Jackie uh, switch is going to make any difference here. Uh, no, so, I can
4: tell you this, though. Going to Vegas and Luck, which is, uh, you know, one's 5-2 and the other's 3-1 to one in this field, are both trained by a trainer that, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know outside of Southern California, but this guy can train, and uh, he trains them both, Richard Baltus, so maybe you just ought to lock up a Baltus exacta.
2: That's what I'm looking at. Um, well, uh, did you get a chance to look at either, I don't know, the John Henry, the turf, the sprint, any other great knowledge from the uh, uh, the mind of uh, none other than Ralph Sirocco that you can lay on us right now?
4: Well, you know, I didn't pull out my dartboard for those two races. <laughs> so, uh, But I will tell you this. You know, right now I'm really concentrating on my final handicapping for tomorrow's big card at Santa Anita because you got the American Pharoah and you got the Chandelier, and I wish Santa Anita kind of make up their mind because this this race, the American Pharoah has been been called several races so far, the Norfolk, the front runner, and now they name it the American Pharoah, which is a Triple Crown winner, but the horse never ran at Santa Anita.
2: No kidding. Well, uh, in there, while we're on that race, I got two minutes left. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The the horse that I got the star by, and it's probably because of his sensational buyer out of the first, is this Corniche. Uh, Though, must be a pretty good-looking colt, Ralph, uh, because it only costs one point five million at the Ocala in training sale.
4: Well, I can tell you this: he was uh, he was the most impressive, one of the more impressive debut winners. He drew off to win by four-and-a-half lengths, but he, you know, he was in, in hand. There's no doubt about it. He got a 99 brisnet speed rating. But I've got to tell you, his stablemate, Rockefeller, impressed me more. He won his debut on talent alone. Fastest out of the gate, hustled up to the lead, and Rockefeller, I think, is going to be the horse to beat. I really do think the horse to beat is Rockefeller.
2: Very interesting. Well, a lot of talent here. Uh, and Speaking of talent, th- in, in, in the chandelier, which has been called the chandelier for a, a long time, I do believe, as they started running it back in 1969, um, <clears throat> the average sale price of the horses in this field, Ralph? are 398000 a apiece. So you got some pretty well-bred horses in there. I got to think that uh, Grace Alder uh, may get a nod uh, being trained by Baffert and just an outstanding smashing win in the uh, Del Mar debutante.
4: Yeah, but you got to remember, there was a meltdown in the debutante to kind of set it up for Grace Adler, although she won uh, with ease, there's no doubt about that, but I think ain't easy could be the filly in this race. She got a good education trip sitting behind horses last time, split rivals to win a sprint debut under wraps, and she's bred to get uh, the distance. All right,
2: you've been listening to Ralph Soracco. I thank him so much for joining the show. Also, Anthony, big A to I'm John Englehart. We appreciate you listening
0: to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.